Aloha and welcome to Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Today I am honored to be speaking with Green Guru Chris Prelitz, professional sustainability consultant and author of Green Made Easy. Today Chris will be talking about how to save money and help the environment both at the same time. Conversations is sponsored by HealthMasterySystems.com, Holistic Products for Body, Mind, and Soul, and PurePlantEssentials.com, Organic Aromatherapy. Please visit these websites today. Be sure to visit the iTunes store and subscribe for the complete lineup of shows on Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Chris Prelitz is a pioneer of the green movement and has been in the green field for over 25 years. Chris has a design-build firm with projects ranging from off-grid solar ranches to solar-powered restaurants. His last big project was for Mercedes-Benz in Phoenix, Arizona, the first LEED-certified solar-powered auto dealership in the U.S. Many Fortune 500 companies are realizing that, that by helping the environment, they are also doing good for their bottom line. Today, Chris will teach us simple ways we can take steps forward on a green path. Taking small steps in your own home can make it healthier, more environmentally friendly, and energy efficient, so you have more green savings in your pocket at the end of the month. Chris has his own call-in radio show, Green Made Easy, on HayHouseRadio.com. To learn more about Chris and going green made easy, please visit his website, NewLeafAmerica.com. That's NewLeafAmerica.com. Please welcome to the show my very special guest, Chris Prelitz. Welcome to the show, Chris. Well, thank you so much, KG. It's good to be on. Tell us the story about how your Going Green building project in Laguna made it on the premiere episode of the Discovery Channel's Greenovate show. Well, you know, I really feel that the universe is calling us all in a different direction. And so I've been building new construction for a long time, and it's pretty easy to build a, what we call a net zero building, something that literally runs off of the sun. It's pretty easy to do that from scratch, but what I wanted to show was that you could take an existing old 1960s condominium and take that and transform it into an exciting, sustainable green showcase as well. So I bought a 1960s building, and we were entering escrow, and we were going to close in just a week, and I literally got a phone call from Discovery Channel saying, do you have any green projects coming up? And it's like, as a matter of fact, I do. They came out, shot me, and loved the, uh, the show that we were going to do, and it became the uh, the premier episode. So it was a matter of I was in the right place and just said yes at the right time. Wow, what a story. That's fabulous. A lot of folks want to do the right thing and go green, but are thinking, in this econ- economy, it's getting harder to spend money on helping the environment. Is this true? Well, you know, that's one of the biggest myths is that, you know, like, I can't afford to go green, and it's it, it's literally the opposite. We are so wasteful here in the U.S. You know, we just use, I think the numbers are like three to four times more energy as far as electricity and gas and coal and everything else than Europe or the Southeast Asia. And we don't need to. We just have been very inefficient. Energy costs were low for a long time. They were mm-hmm. subsidized. So the truth is that a lot of companies are making investments and becoming more efficient, and yes, it saves money each month. Um, One of the real quick stories is Adobe Software Systems, the big company Adobe, Mm -hmm. had three buildings, and they retrofitted them with simple things like change the lighting, change the water fixtures, you know, just you didn't just stop wasting, basically. Mm -hmm. And there were three very large high-rises, and they spent a little over a million dollars retrofitting all three. But the very next year, they saved over a million dollars in energy and water. Mm-hmm. And they'll keep saving more than that every every year. So it affected the bottom line so much that the value of the buildings went up $10 million. So, so it's, you know, they so published that and, yeah. So just stopping energy leaks can amount to a big savings. It's a huge one. There's something called power vampires in all of our homes. So our TV sets, our uh, computers, printers all those kind of items, when we turn them off, they're not really off. Mm-hmm. They're just like a leaky faucet of, uh, of water, except it's electricity and we can't see it. And it's estimated by the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, that just power vampire leaks in our homes is the electricity of 19 coal-burning power plants in the U.S. Wow. Yeah, so just, wow. you know, just starting to change those, and there's great ways to do it. You can plug into what's called a smart power strip that we sell online, mm-hmm. and it has a little computer brain. 
you know, everyone wants to go solar, and if you buy a brand new big screen TV today, when you turn it off, it's still using three to four hundred watts of electricity. Mm-hmm. Well, just to offset that with solar panels might take four or more solar panels, wow. which could cost you three or four thousand dollars. So wow. you know, everyone wants to go solar, but solar mm-hmm. only makes you know four to five dollars a month of electricity per panel. So if you have a huge electric bill, mm-hmm. there's, your roof may not be big enough to even offset it, you know, 50% or more. And so it's always a better financial investment to start closing the leaks and getting mm-hmm. more efficient. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you mentioned in your book, Green Made Easy, that solar, solar panels are the last step in going green. So could you speak a little more about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it literally is because it's like our, our homes have, well, people don't realize this, but our homes and buildings in the U.S., contribute more CO2, more carbon dioxide, greenhouse gases, than all of our cars and trucks combined. Mm -hmm. And so everyone's worried about CO2 emissions. Everyone knows they can see the tailpipe emissions. But what we can't see are these 6,000 coal-burning power plants on the planet that are spewing out all this nasty toxic material, and that's to run these big turbines to make electricity. Mm -hmm. So how many of those are in the U.S.? I don't know that number offhand, but I know like right now in China, they're building one new coal burning plant a week. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And everyone's, you know, looking at China and saying, well, we've got to slow them down. But the truth is we're a part of that, too, because there's estimates that, you know, 25% of that power is used to make disposable products that get shipped to us over here in the U.S. So, yes, everything is so connected, and we're really beginning to see the truth of that. Absolutely. So you say that buying a hybrid car may not be the best eco-choice. Why is this? Well, it's a challenge. I mean, right now everyone's really looked at looking at finances, and it's really great mm-hmm. because there's these incentives and renewables and all that. But that technology may not be around for that much longer because our battery technology um, right now is, you know, it's, it's a toxic product. If we wanted to put everyone in hybrids, we really couldn't afford to do it because the lead, the lithium, all those battery products mm-hmm. are are pretty expensive. If you really want to make an eco impact, you know, rather than spending twenty five, thirty thousand dollars on a car, literally if you just started eating less red meat and if you changed out your light bulbs to compact fluorescence and mm-hmm. put in some power strips, you'd probably have a much better eco Im- impact than buying a new hybrid. Mm-hmm. It still takes lots of materials and energies to make a new car. Yes. So it's you know it's it's all it's looking at the whole picture, the whole package of what's the whole total environmental yes. impact of my choices. Yes. And we need vision. I think that's <laughs> that's what's lacking. We need someone we need people who are leaders who have a vision who can really take in the big picture. Right. I think we have that today. I'm so excited about this administration. I mean, mm-hmm. when you used to look at the old uh, environmental protection website, it was like stuck in 1985 or something. And mm-hmm. when you, you know, in this new administration now, we have new websites for most everything. If you haven't visited yet, um, whitehouse.gov or the new EPA oh, site. Oh, wonderful. Oh, it's just amazing. And if you want some information, it's very easy to get to. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, they're very computer, the, you know, the high-tech. Uh, savvy, yeah. I know that. So, is every uh, everyone is recommending compact fluorescent lights? I've tried yeah. them and I don't like the color, and I've heard they contain mercury. Could you speak about the best green way to light up, light up our lives, Chris? Yeah, well, you know, compact fluorescents are one of the biggest hurdles to overcome for me because my company, New Leaf America, that's what we're really focusing on, which is the low hanging fruit. How do we really lower our carbon footprint in America? And lighting is the easiest way to do it. The challenge was that many power companies uh, needed to lower their use in their communities because they have to keep their power above a certain level. Mm-hmm. So, in other, in other words, if the power sort of peaked up in summer, then they're going to be mandated to build another power plant, and they don't want to do that. That's a huge capital expense. So they started passing out these inexpensive, lousy quality compact fluorescents, you know, about 10 years ago. Yeah. And they still do it in the Home Depots and the different big box stores, and you can get them for a dollar or so. And, and sometimes they're real lousy. They have bad color or they flicker. Yeah. But that's like, you know, someone giving you a, um, a used, beat-up, uh, you know, Yugo car and saying, this is what a car is. Well, there's also Mercedes <laughs> and BMWs and Lexuses out there. Yeah. And it's the same thing with lighting. You can get compact fluorescence where I will bet you a thousand dollars that when I put it in a lamp, you cannot tell the difference. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful light. So on our website, what I've really gone through is picked out products, lighting 
that is the perfect color. It mm -hmm. matches incandescence perfectly because every color, every light has a color. Ours are all 2700 Kelvin, so it's a kind of light color. They don't flicker. You can get them dimmable now in candelabra bases and three ways. Mm -hmm. So going through your home and changing out every single light to compact fluorescent, that can lower your electric bill, you know, 20% or even 30% in summer because those old lights, those old incandescent lights, they're literally heaters. Mm -hmm. When you touch those things, you know, they're hot. So mm -hmm. in the middle of summer, you're not only saving electricity with the new compact fluorescents, but you're saving on cooling, yeah. whether it's air conditioning or swamp coolers, and you're so much more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, regarding mercury, it goes back to those coal-burning power plants. Those are the biggest contributor of mercury on the planet. And the small microscopic drop that's in a compact fluorescent is far offset because we'll be using so much less coal-burning electricity. Mm -hmm. And then many companies will take back those old bulbs and put them back into a what's called a cradle-to-cradle -cradle process. Mm -hmm. They'll go back in the manufacturing plant. So it's not really a problem at all. And if you go to the EPA's website, there's even a, a little list of what to do if they happen to break, but they're just like a fluorescent tube. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to be stupid. You just sweep them up and put them in the plastic bag and, and recycle them. But just changing lights alone can dramatically improve America's mm -hmm. um, energy consumption and footprint, and it's, it's definitely the first thing to do, and it's the best place you can invest your money. You can get a, as high, a higher return on that than any stock or any other investment you've seen. Yes, I'm on the green team at our uh, uh, health club, and uh -huh. um, we're going green in the club slowly, but by that, and the first thing we did was the lights. So, and it amounted to a huge energy savings. Absolutely. Huge. It was amazing. We were very yeah. surprised. Of course, we have right. an indoor tennis court, and <laughs> yeah. so we were, yeah, we used a lot of energy. So, all right, could you uh, share some tips for keeping cool naturally, Chris, some other tips? Sure. I mean, because we're, we're heading into summer now, yes, and it's getting the hot time of the year. Well, one of the big ones is that, um, you know, what do you do when it's the sun setting on the west and it, the sun's streaming in your window? Typically, you'll close the blinds or the curtains, right? Mm -hmm. And we always think that, you know, that keeps the heat out, but it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. the, the heat of the sun has already come through the glass window, and then when it comes in, heat rises. So the warmth of the sun rises up right around those drapes and curtains. So if you want to keep cool, what you want to think about doing is shading the east and west side of your home on the outside, mm -hmm. outside of the glass. And you can do that with trellises or blinds, or you can plant trees that might lose their leaves in wintertime. Because it's this dancing with the sun that our forefathers and ancestors did for thousands of years that we've forgotten. You know, we have a thermostat now, but mm -hmm. when you go back and remember that it's really this free heat, light, warmth of the sun, we want that in winter, and we yeah. want to keep it out in summer. Mm -hmm. So shades on the east and west is a, is a really great one. Um, people that are remodeling, you know, in our climate here in the southwest and uh, other climates that are warm, the earth always stays cool. Mm -hmm. So one of the ways, if when you look at ancient buildings, that our indigenous forefathers stayed cool was they connected to the earth. So if you can do that dance between the heat of the sun and the cool of the earth, that yin and yang, that male-female energy, mm -hmm. it becomes like sailing a sailboat instead of a powerboat. And you learn to work with those free energies. So connecting to the earth, sometimes we take up carpeting in the floors of homes that have concrete floors, and it's a night and day difference on how cool that place is in summer. Mm -hmm. And then when you let the sun's warmth hit it through south windows in the winter, mm -hmm. it stays warm. So, you know, those are two of the big ones, and there's more in my book, Green Made Easy, of course. Mm -hmm. So um, what are some other simple steps folk, folks can take to make their homes healthier? Well, you know, it's really sad, but in California, the number two cause of air pollution mm -hmm. is household cleaners, household products. So we've been really sold this bill of goods of these very, very toxic products. When you look on the back of you know, an oven cleaner or even window cleaners or anything else, and there's a warning label, that's basically saying that what's in that jar of plastic, that is poison. Yes. And, uh, you know, we, our homes have gotten tighter, and we come in and we spray these, these poisons in our home, and there's no place to go. So yes. one of the first things I say is round up every cleaner you have in the house, put it on a table, and uh, look on the back, and if there's a warning sign, you know, warning harmful or fatal or warning 
only used in open ventilated places. Any of those warning label products, get rid of them. Yes. And the irony is that many of those we can't legally even put in a landfill because they're toxic yes. waste. It's yes. sad. It's crazy. We, yes. We've really, you know, we've replaced all these natural products with synthesized petroleum products that are literally poisoning us. So that's one yes, of the Yes, there's some sort of disconnect that happens that people just don't get the connection. Absolutely, absolutely. I saw some, some sunscreen, um, Katie, that was on the back it said, warning, um, don't use on kids under six, so I don't know what happens when they turn six years old. And then it also said, highly flammable, keep away from flame. Yeah. So here we're putting this on our bodies and then laying in the sun, you know, and like, all right, Johnny, stay away from the barbecue because, you know, you know, never know what might happen. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely insane. So all those things can make you a lot healthier. One of the ones that I care about, too, are um, mothers that are having a child come into their life. Yes. And the first thing they do is paint the baby's room. And unfortunately, most of the paints today are poisonous. Yes. So you want to really look for paints and finishes that have no, what's called VOCs, mm -hmm. which uh, stands for Volatile Organic Compounds. Mm -hmm. And no VOCs is a great And they're out start. there, huh? I'm sorry? They're available? Their paints available? Absolutely, they're available. Yeah, one, of my, yeah. one of my favorite ones is Safe Coat. Even Home Depot, I think, carries and Lowe's carry some paints. Mm -hmm. They have some that say low VOC, but I always uh, encourage to say, you know, do I want a little poison or no poison? Mm -hmm. So I go for the no VOCs. Mm -hmm. And they perform just as well. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a wonderful tip. That's good to know. Uh, so could you talk about taking, uh, a lot of people will be taking vacations in summertime. Could you talk about taking a green vacation? <laughs> a green vacation. Um, boy, you know what I say, it's, sometimes we just want to look in our own backyard. It's sometimes really romantic to head off to, you know, Paris for, uh, for a week and, and all that. And I love to do that. I love Paris, don't get me wrong. But the more we become aware that, you know, our carbon footprint, mm -hmm. you know, what we leave behind and, and, and the impact of that, is something that's going to have an impact for generations to come. So one of the things I suggest folks to do is to try and see what's closer. Mm -hmm. There might be some little hideaway that you don't know about that you know is maybe just in the next town or, or if there's a, a place in nature because, one, you'll have more time. You won't be getting jet lagged. Mm -hmm. You'll save some money. And really, you know, vacation is really all about recuperating and resting. And so make sure you spend time in nature because mm -hmm. that's where our batteries really get recharged, mm -hmm. the energy of nature. And you're in Ashland. Boy, there's some gorgeous spots right around there. Yes, we're very fortunate here. So being curious about our own backyard. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So we'll talk, now uh, share with us something about the myth of throwing something away. Oh, it's one I love a lot. So we have this whole phrase that's in our society, right, and we're going to throw it away. Mm -hmm. But when you really sort of stop and think about that, there's no away. Mm -hmm. You know, we throw it away, but literally it's just going to a landfill. It has to go somewhere. somewhere. It's just going somewhere else. There is no away. Mm -hmm. We're on this you know, planet hurling through space, and uh, it's the only one we have. You know, the Hubble telescope's been able to reach out into the, into the stars and see all mm -hmm. these huge amounts of celestial bodies and other solar systems, and even the Milky Way is, what, 100... You know, like I forgot the number, 100,000 light years across or something. And of all the systems they've seen and all the planets that the astronomers have found, mm -hmm. planet Earth is the only one with fresh water and soil. Wow. So, you know, this is it. This is the only one we have, and it's a finite resource. So, you know, we have really destroyed quite a lot of it. We've, yeah. Since the Industrial Revolution in the 1800s, we have now wiped out about 80% of all the ancient forests, which makes our oxygen. We've wow. used up probably half of all the oil that we... It's just lack of ground. awareness, don't you think? Yeah, well... Or even people in their lack of awareness just don't... Somehow there's a disconnect. People don't I get think it. unintended consequences. Yeah. You know, yeah. unintended consequences and not realizing the impacts that uh, every choice that we make has. Mm -hmm. And I think also making choices out of fiscal sense rather than out of wisdom. Yeah, I know back, it, 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 and I know you come from a Native American, your mother was yes. Native American. Yes. I, I understand 
in the traditional, it was the traditional Native American way when they were considering doing something that they would think five generations ahead or something like that. Seven the generations. Impact. Seven generations Seven ahead. generations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They also, which I, which I love too, you know, the our um, early documents, the Constitution and different papers, were based on the Iroquois Nation's existing laws. They actually borrowed from them existing ways to govern tribes, mm -hmm. way to mm -hmm. govern republics. And we copied them quite well, except they did leave off one facet, which I think if we had kept in there, mm -hmm. we, we might have a very different America. And that was a council of grandmothers. Uh-huh. Every, every major decision in the Iroquois Nation had to pass through the council of elders of women. Mm -hmm. And they were the ones that would make sure that they wouldn't go to war unless they absolutely mm -hmm. needed to. They were the ones that made sure that you know, certain um, respects of nature were done and those types mm -hmm. of things. They were the ones that made sure that chiefs were ones that were also in their heart as well as you know, charismatic leaders. Mm -hmm. And we've forgotten that. I think that if we had the council of grandmothers today, many, many choices we've made over the years would not have been done and we wouldn't be paying the price for them today that we are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I just... Uh, I lived at this, <laughs> this is many years ago, I lived at this intentional community called Madre Grande. Oh, yes. And it was <laughs> the grandmother, and that's actually where my son was born. And mm. um, the the that was a place where they would go for these kind of councils mm -hmm. to discuss, you know, they would have, I guess, uh, ceremonies of initiation and um, discuss, you know, their future visions. What you know, make make decisions about the involvement of you know choices they were going to be making. So I think you know, uh, you know, there there was a much more of an intact sense of of being in harmony with Mother Nature and just the that mother energy. Absolutely, and yeah, and realization that all things are sacred that you would never consider you know destroying something mm -hmm. uh, that was a part of nature mm -hmm. and you know, being in their hearts deeply and knowing that uh, you know, we're all connected. Mm -hmm. So did you go to uh, the Return of the Ancestors gathering? I re recall you mentioning it. or you no. Yeah, I didn't go to that one. But, uh -huh. um, one thing you I, I know what it was. You were talking about the condor, the story of the condor um, and the eagle. Absolutely. The, uh yeah, the ancient prophecy of the condor and the eagle. Mm -hmm. Do you know about that one? You heard, you heard that Well, one. yes. I mean, that was one of the things when they had this return of the ancestors recently in northern Arizona. I mean, it was, you know, it was a part of a prophecy and, you know, of the 500 years or... Yes, you want to you know, talk about that? Sure. Well, it's, it's a beautiful prophecy and it's been found, traces have been, have been found from the Mayans to the Hopi and mm -hmm. different indigenous peoples. And... In, in their time frame, we're divided up into these 500-year blocks. And the prophecy goes that around 500 years ago, there were two paths that men and women could travel on. And one was the path of the condor, and that was the path of spirit, the path of the heart. And the other was the path of the eagle, and that was the path of the mind, the path of, of technology, of, of uh, intelligence. Mm -hmm. And the prophecy was that 500 years ago, there would be a shift and that the path of the eagle would rise up and dominate the path of the condor mm -hmm. so much so that the condor would almost be completely decimated. And we know that about 500 years ago was when the Europeans settled and, and dominated the Americas here. And I think there's no accidents to how mythology is a mirror for the third dimension. Oh, definitely. So that even the condors literally in our country have been almost completely wiped out. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the prophecy goes on to say that the next 500-year block of time, there would be the possibility for the eagle to recognize the wisdom of the condor mm -hmm. and to acknowledge that. And the condor would then start to rise again and that the two had the possibility of flying together. Mm -hmm. And I believe the prophecy goes on that in the next age there would be the creation of a new entity, there would be a balance between the condor and the eagle. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that each of us really incarnated in this time today, in this moment in time where we are in this, this great turning, where we're seeing the death of all these old entities, these corporations and 
paradigms and agencies that are not in harmony with nature and they're really analytically, they're really the, the king, king eagle energy, we're seeing the death of those. Mm-hmm. And we need to honor, respect, and witness that. And we're seeing the birth of these new entities that are in harmony with nature, mm-hmm. the condors. You know, we're seeing close to two million organizations, not people, two million organizations mm-hmm. on the planet today doing the work of environmental restoration and stewardship. Mm-hmm. And they're all doing doing it without one single leader. So there's this stirring of the heart knowing that we mm-hmm. must take care of Mother Earth if she is able to take care of us still. Mm-hmm. So a joining of heart, mind, and purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, um, so you, could you tell us some other ways we could go green, like with the personal care products? Do you have anything to share about? Oh, you know, what I talk about is every single choice in your life. So just, just look around at every single thing you're buying mm-hmm. and just ask yourself the question, you know, am I supporting a company that is an old paradigm company that yeah. I'm buying this product because it's cheaper or... Wow, even if I have to spend a dollar or two more, am I supporting a really good company that is that is rising up and the products that they are choosing are sustainable, they're more harvested locally, you know, mm-hmm. or even in my book I've got many, many sort of quote recipes that my mother really brought us up doing mm-hmm. where you replace a lot of products with uh, simple natural ingredients like mm-hmm. baking soda or hydrogen peroxide or vinegar mm-hmm. for cleaning. So there's so many, you know, many options. We've become just, you know, very, very consumer-oriented, and I think the whole uh, financial meltdown is actually pushing us into rethinking that. You know, mm-hmm. this complete addiction to expansion and moreness, I think, is being replaced with uh, a simpler life that gives us more time and more community. Mm-hmm. Well, talk about that. How does <coughs> how does this contribute to a simpler time and more time for? Community. Well, one, yeah, one of the favorite movements that I love on the planet right now is called the Transition Town Movement. Mm-hmm. And it started in England about four years ago with one city, uh, some whiz, some wise people at the city. One was Rob Hopkins, mm-hmm. really waking up and connecting the dots and seeing that you know we're heading on this Titanic that is literally heading for the falls or for the iceberg yes. as far as um, how much CO2 emissions we're putting out there, the end of the oil age is not a question of if but when. Uh, We're having huge amounts of ecological destruction, and we're seeing that that's having an impact on us. And we're not going to be able to have this lifestyle in in the next generation. Mm -hmm. It's going to be impossible. So how do we take a small community and plan it for a future with less cheap oil and gas Mm -hmm. and have it be uh, more harmonious? And so this transition time movement voluntarily looks at relocalization. Right now, we sometimes get blueberries or boysenberries that are, you know, flown in or shipped from, you know, Brazil or Argentina. Well, we just can't keep doing that. It's, we're paying a huge toxic price for that. So how do we relocalize? How do we find food that's grown locally? And what I love about the movement is that they embrace the wisdom of the elders of the community. Mm-hmm. And they ask them, you know, what did you do back in the 20s and 30s? Or, you know, how was the Victory Gardens back in the 40s? You know, how were, how were they done? Mm-hmm. And it re-embraces all these lost skills. Mm-hmm. You know, every generation, literally for thousands of years, taught skills from parent to child, like simple skills of how to grow a garden, yes. how to do canning, you know, how to how to knit the socks or whatever it is. And it's only been the last probably two generations that we've lost those basic life skills mm-hmm. that were always required for humanity to survive. And so it's re-embracing those and connecting that loop again to our ancestors. But what's, what's exciting is that four years ago there was one city. The year after that there was, you know, 10 or 12. The year after that there was 100. Well, today there are over 600 cities and communities on the planet taking on this uh, transition town movement. Wow. Yeah, down here in Laguna Beach we are number 10th in the United States. And I think, I don't know if Ashland is one, but there's quite a few happening now. So people are waking up and saying, you know, yes, government's doing something, but I want my community to community yeah. to thrive. I want my grandchildren to have a planet that's worth living in and being able to have resources that they can thrive in. And I can see what's coming. And when I have uh, food that has to have the cost of fuel added onto it, boy, when I start growing locally, it's better for me. It's better for the planet. It's less expensive. It's healthier because it's organic. I know where it came from. So it's just a win-win everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
So it's taking um, responsibility on a local level to Absolutely. take action. Yeah, and, and I think people, too, sometimes feel really at a loss, like, what can I do? What is my exactly. Little, you know, what, what does my little changes uh, make? But it sure does. I mean, look at hybrid cars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they may not be uh, available for everyone, but it's just, a, just the fact that hybrid cars in three or four years have just taken off. Everyone thought the Toyota Prius was ugly the first year it came out, and then mm-hmm. you couldn't get them the next year. There was such a waiting list. Mm-hmm. So we can we can dramatically move uh, corporations and suppliers of goods in a different direction mm-hmm. by voting with our dollars. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, you have an entire chapter devoted to making a bedroom sanctuary. Tell us Absolutely. about going green in the bedroom, Chris. <laughs> well, there's lots of ways. The reason it's so important to me is we spend, you know, about a third of our life in our bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where we need to get recharged, you know, recharge our batteries, our mind, our bodies, our spirits. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this toxic world, that's one of the, boy, it's one of the, the best places to really put some energy into going green and creating a non-toxic sanctuary. And so you can start, you know, at the first place you think about when you go to sleep, and that's, you know, the pillow on, under your head, the sheets around you. Are those uh, really healthy and not made with chemicals or pesticides? Because even cotton sheets today, the way they're mostly grown, they almost all have residual pesticides. Yes. And so starting from there and just working outward and making sure the room has non-toxic paints, what kind of flooring and curtains you have, because all of that toxins build up in our systems, mm-hmm. and many of them are hard to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones we may not think about are uh, our candles. How many times do we do a romantic dinner or a romantic, you know, evening in the bedroom? And if you're lighting candles made from paraffin, mm-hmm. that's petroleum. So you might as well have a little diesel motor running in your bedroom. Yeah. So you recommend, like, beeswax? or Beeswax is fantastic, and uh, it, it burns five times as long. People might say it's more expensive, but it's one of those things that, no, it's probably actually cheaper if you sort of cost out the, uh, the hours of life for the dollars. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, beeswax are fantastic. Okay, well, your, your website has a lot of <coughs> ideas and a lot of products people can um, just kind of... Uh, purvey what you have there to get some ideas. Yeah, we actually have, a, what I'm really proud of, we actually have a green roadmap mm-hmm. that is climate specific. So depending on where you live in the United States, you can click on your area by color, and we've developed a green roadmap in conjunction with Lawrence Berkeley National Lab. Oh, that's great. Con- yeah, in conjunction with the Green Advantage uh, Contracting Group. And so you can literally just go step by step and one at a time, you know, little weekend warrior projects. Okay, today I'm going to change the lights in the house. Mm-hmm. What's next on the, on the checklist? Okay, get rid of the power vampires. And we have many things on there that don't cost a dime. Mm-hmm. One great one that I talk about is our refrigerators and freezers, mm-hmm. which very often that's the biggest user of electricity. So how many times do we go in the freezer and we pull out the ice cream open it up, and you go to dish it out, and it's like a brick. You can't Mm -hmm. even chip it out. So finally, you you chip out a few flakes, and then what do you do? You toss it in the microwave to warm it up so you can eat it. So we're we're wasting electricity in the microwave, and we're wasting electricity by having our freezers run far more than they need to. Yeah, so what do you recommend? Well, that's an easy one. It's just to turn down that freezer mm-hmm. so that it just that ice cream is like a usable temperature. That's always a good a good symbol on it. And make sure you clean out under the refrigerator the coils so they're not working more than they need to. Um, the big one is is sealing up our homes so they don't have a lot of leaks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like a leaky ship. You don't want to have all those little little air leaks around that lose cool air in summer when you've made it or lose warm air in winter. Mm-hmm. And we, so we have many, many steps along the lines. Uh, getting rid of the power vampires that I mentioned before, that's a real big one for a lot of folks. If you see one of those little black wall cubes mm-hmm. that are often attached to cell phones and different items, if it's plugged in and you put your hand on it and it's warm, mm-hmm. that's just leaking electricity 24-7. Mm-hmm. And that's leaking money and it's heating your house up more than it needs to. So starting to be a good, you know, good 
manager of your ship and sailing it much more Yes, energy management. Exactly. <coughs> and, you know, it's fun because then I have a good friend in, in Phoenix. Her electric bill is 250 a month. Mm-hmm. And we walk oh, in I loved and your show about um, cooking with solar. Oh, that's a great one. That's a great one. So we walked in, we changed out her lights, and we did some weather stripping, and her electric bill got down to 125. Mm-hmm. And then we gave her the solar oven, like you just mentioned, mm-hmm. and her, she got her electric bill down to 25 dollars a month in Phoenix, wow. in a wow. house, you know, a three-bedroom house. Because if you think about it, in summer, when you turn on the oven or, or a stove in mm-hmm. Phoenix, you're just, you know, you might as well light a fireplace, you know, light a fire in the fireplace. Mm-hmm. You're putting heat in the house. So when she stopped that. She was not only saving on the energy and fuel for cooking, but she was using so much less air conditioning. Right. So it was and a double uh, saving. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think solar ovens are probably the, the sort of hidden secret for America that no one is really getting on to. It sounded fantastic. Oh, they're, they're incredible. And in most parts of the U.S., you can use them eight, nine, or even ten months a year. And she saved how much on her energy bill? She was... Really? She saved about 60 to $70 a month in Phoenix just from using the solar oven. Mm-hmm. And it's far more effective in hot climates. Yeah. But when you go to India and Africa and China, boy, it's transforming the face of different villages because the women traditionally have to walk out and harvest firewood. Right, which is becoming more dangerous. Yeah, and there's yeah. less of it, right? There's, there's less there's of it. They're deforesting, but it's yeah. also dangerous. They're getting you know bad things happening to them. They come back and sit around and make a, a fire there. The smoke gets in their eyes and lungs. Mm-hmm. And when you replace that with half a dozen solar ovens, this village now, the, the women can sit around, they can bond, they can have community mm-hmm. with zero carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just haven't picked up that ball yet in the U.S., but, um, you know, Katrina ap- accidents or other accidents with uh, earthquakes in California, it's beautiful to be able to know that you can boil water or cook food for your family without any fuel. Yes, and they get they get hot, right? They'll be three fifty, three seventy five. You can, 350, you can yeah. do an, a full chicken with veggies, a bake a cake. You know, you just can like a slow cooking, so you retain all the nutrition and it's very right. flavorful. Hard to burn, and uh, yeah, it's a wonderful system. You can even put an iron skillet and cook your fish, which is nice. And she was talking about how she loved that her, I guess she had a daughter who was. Uh, she had a daughter with Down syndrome. Yeah. Yes. And it's transformed her life. She actually is now looking at getting married and being able to cook for her, her husband, mm-hmm. where before she would only be able to use a microwave, let's say, because they can't use gas or electric stoves or ovens. Mm-hmm. As a, for know, safety reasons, yeah, right, or exactly. hurting themselves. Or right, and people with, with Alzheimer's. Yes, yeah, that would be a yeah a huge thing for people because I know they forget if they left something exactly. with stove on and that would be I think that's one of the main things for why houses been burned down it's related to the stove I believe so, so and so yeah, it's a beautiful system we sell them on our website and mm-hmm. I how do you use love them one? so much um, excuse me how do you use one that's the funniest question because people come by and they say how do you turn it on <laughs> and you know we've lost our connection to the sun that, you know, and, and how it passes overhead and how it's lower in winter and higher in summer and mm-hmm. we've really lost that connection and, and it's what I love about the solar ovens is teaching young women and men to use them as well, you know, our kids, because it really reconnects them with nature. Mm-hmm. But literally, you open it up and point it at the sun. Mm-hmm. So depending on what you cook, it might take uh, a little longer, depending on how often you move it, if it's directly at the sun. You can also, if you're working in the day, you can put something in there that's frozen and point it at, you know, at 1 or 2 in the afternoon, and when the sun comes around, it cooks it, and, it, and then it slowly stays warm when you come home. Mm-hmm. So, so do they have instructions for exactly how to do cook different yeah. things and stuff yeah, like that? So you have guidelines for exactly how to use it? and uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And then you can use a pot, and it's, it's basically like a, a crock pot, mm-hmm. or you can use a skillet, and as I said, you can, you know, fry or bake uh, you know, fish or whatever you like, or vegetables. Mm-hmm. And this is and you keep the smell, that aroma, the fishy smell out of your house. Out of the house. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And there's a Zen art to it. It might take, you know, one or two times. What I suggest is, you know, start off with a little a little simple stew or or rice. Things that, like beans and rice, things that take a lot of time on the cooktop stove, those are wonderful because, you know, you're saving so much gas, electricity, and heat. Mm-hmm. And you're not having things. the heat in your house. Exactly. Yeah, the stove Great would for think is... Uh, and you can take them take them camping. So mm-hmm. we've had one for over 10 years. Once Are they pretty light? They're very light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're light stainless steel, and then it's a fiberglass 
box with insulation. And uh, like I said, we've had one, the same model for over 10 years. We have another one now. And um, I love them so much that we have a, a connection with the manufacturer where we have the absolute best price on the Internet. Mm-hmm. So they're typically, I think 298 is what they typically go for. Yeah. And we still offer them, I think, for 197 or right around 200 um, plus delivery. But fantastic uh, emergency backup. Mm-hmm. And are they easy to keep clean? And oh, yeah. It's all, the, the, the reflectors are stainless steel, and the inside is all powder-baked black. And, you know, you don't really get things like boiling over too much. It's just mm-hmm. a beautiful, steady, 300, between 320 and 375 degrees, depending on how okay. hot a day it is. But because it's not like a gas burner, it doesn't dry out foods. Mm-hmm. It, it's much more... So everything hot. stays more moist and it stays flavorful. stays more moist and not real critical on the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. It sounds like it would be easy, you know, easy to integrate once you learned... It, it is, and like I said, it really connects you with nature, and it's probably one of the sort of hidden secrets of how to go green that saves money, it's better mm-hmm. for the environment, and um, better for you know emergencies, you can boil water. Do you so think those will become out. something that is integrated into, uh, you know, when they build homes in the future? I don't know. The challenge with us is that we're so dominated by aesthetics. You mm-hmm. know, we have these whole images of what a quote, a nice Yeah, we're conditioned. Right. We've got all these... Kind of very condition. Yeah, we want these tile roofs and columns yes. and fake stone and these recreations of uh, periods past, and uh, or even the idea that our homes are no longer working class looking. They're all sort yeah. of high class looking. Yeah, you know. Yet we're all working our tail off to pay for this, you know, high class looking home. Yes. So there's this inter- interesting irony. Well, yeah, and what we have as a priority, what we value, what we've been exactly. trained to value. Sure. Just like hanging clothes outside in the dryer. You know, some communities have actually banned clotheslines. Yeah. And, like, we don't want that look. So it's really sad if our aesthetics... The appearance. ...actually degrade our life support system. Mm -hmm. So we we need to definitely get a new aesthetic shift Mm -hmm. and a realization of of what really matters. Mm -hmm. To me, that would be what's most important to shift so that people will embrace more of a green lifestyle. Absolutely. It's happening. I mean, so, the Obamas dug up part of the White House lawn and planted a vegetable garden the first time Oh, I heard about that. That was... Yeah. And I heard there was quite a bit of controversy around it. Yeah, there is. But, you know, <laughs> they know it's coming. They're smart enough to know we need a model for, for Americans what we need to do. Yeah. And growing exactly. We need people with vision Absolutely. who are helping this to be born. And, yep. you know, pioneers, visionaries, um, you know, they... They can have a tough time of bringing new ideas. There can be a lot of resistance, you know. It can be, but it can also be exciting. I mean, they're modeling mm-hmm. what we all need to do. Um, lawns, you know, grass lawns in America, yes. number one user of water, pesticides, mm-hmm. and fertilizer. So do you well, recommend really, permaculture? Have you Permaculture is amazing. And, you know, just starting off, what I recommend is shrink the lawn a little bit at least mm-hmm. because no native plants can survive on your lawn. You know, the monarch butterfly and all the insects and things can't eat it. It's not native to any place except, you know, maybe Kentucky bluegrass uh, in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But every place else, especially in the southwest, definitely permaculture, or if not that, um, then go with native xeriscaping, native plants that the local pl- uh, local animals and insects are used to. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, that's kind of, I hadn't thought about that. It can't really be a food source. It's not a food source. It's strictly decorative. It's it's really a leftover from England, mm-hmm. and then moved you know moved this way. If, and then some parts of the regions it, it works a little better. Like I said, if you've got rain and things. But here in the Southwest, we are you know most of California is pretty dry in summer, mm-hmm. and uh, grass isn't native to us except for uh, brown grass on the hills. Mm-hmm. So, well, so oh, you have such a wealth of information very uh, to share with people. So, and you're so clear in your intention and what you're bringing forward. So, do you have anything more you'd like to share with us before we close, Chris? <laughs> um, I, I just really appreciate the, the offer a lot, uh, KG, and, and thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to share with it. I think, uh, you know, what I would say is just take one small step at a time, and, and really the book is a great place to start. I wrote it because I was asked so many questions repeatedly, repeatedly, and I wanted mm-hmm. to really make it easy and the subtitle is to um, save money and the environment at the same time so if anyone's 
wanting more money at the end of the month, it's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's and, an incentive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I just appreciate the opportunity, and I think more and more people are coming on. I'm just getting nothing but... Um, yeah, things have picked up for you, I bet, since Obama. Uh, they and have. Yeah, the administration is really embracing it. But it, I think it's each, each of us, every one of us. Mm-hmm. And then to really empower, you know, families and friends to do the same thing because it's not going to be, uh, you know, one or two people that do it. It's going to take all of us turning the around. It is all of us. And yeah. definitely something is waking up inside of us. You know, there's an energetic that is creating a shift, a planetary shift that is moving through all of us, I believe. Absolutely, and I think there's no accidents, too, about the Mayan prophecy of 2012, that Mm -hmm. it will be the end of the world as we know it. Mm -hmm. And whether it's on that date or that year, we definitely... Well, we're in it. We're in the gateway. We're in it. We're in it, so, yeah. And and how how we've lived in the past, those were the good old days, you know, we need to really rethink that we can have new good old days, but they won't be nearly as unconscious. Yes, and I I have moments of just feeling like, it's really different now. You know, just I just feel it. That things have really changed. It's we live in a it's a new world that's coming in for sure. us. So I mean I grew up in the time when it would be like, let's all go for a drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, pile the cards in the in the station and go, let's go for a drive. I just don't think that's on the consciousness anymore. I think so many folks have woken up and you know, maybe they'll if you're in the city it's like we'll take the mass transit somewhere but you know, just I think a more realization that, wow, my actions do have an impact. Yes. These trees and plants out here are Mm -hmm. vital for my living. Mm -hmm. They are the ones that give oxygen. And when I'm burning these fossil fuels at the rate I am and collectively we are on the planet, Mm -hmm. I'm compromising all of the planet's Mm -hmm. life support system. And that's very, as you say that, I think, wow, that's a very empowering. You know, we're very powerful. We are. Yeah. Our population was was one billion... uh, for you know, 25,000 years in North America, we kept our population under 1 billion people mm-hmm. until 1800, mm-hmm. when all of a sudden we discovered that we could use coal and oil to run steamships and mm-hmm. uh, railroads, and we could move goods faster and move people faster, mm-hmm. and that's when we shot up mm-hmm. to now 7 billion people in, in uh, 200 years. Wow. It's wow. It's fossil fuel. Wow. And if you look at the curve of population growth, it's identical to the curve of CO2 emissions. So it's unarguably, even if you go to the Chevron website today, they finally have come out and said, we know that climate change is um, unequivocally true and the science has proven it. And then in small print, you'll find that they will no longer support the 37 companies they were supporting mm-hmm. that were dispelling myths over climate change. Mm-hmm. So everyone's getting on board because they realize that this is, you know, spaceship Earth. Mm-hmm. And it ha- it's, it's, it's a closed loop, and we're all affecting everyone's choice. It's affecting every other's choice. And mm-hmm. there's no boundaries in our air, mm-hmm. no national boundaries in our air and our oceans. This is true. There's only one planet for us, one home for us Absolutely. as far as nature. So did, I saw this uh, uh, video put out by NOVA that was about the electromagnetics that are changing on the planet um, due to the the sun, I guess um, there's a relationship between the sun and planet Earth, mm-hmm. and that that something is shifting there as far as the planet's electromagnetic fields. Do you know anything about that? I haven't studied that one. My forte really is, you know, what I do, which is this whole green movement. But mm-hmm. you know, we are just in the age of transformation. This Aquarian yeah. age really is a relook at how we, how, what it means to live on the planet in harmony. Mm-hmm. In, in community. Yes. And, uh, you know, is the 40-hour work week and the salary and the retirement really the high quality of life that we really want? Is yes. The, you know, is the, is the mortgage in the home, and, you know, mortgage means death note, mort. You know, is the mortgage in the home and all that? That's, really, a, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Is it really the highest <laughs> level that we want to achieve, or could we live you know, a simpler life with more free time, more mm-hmm. time with friends, family, and community? You know, is that what what really uh, we're being called to recreate and model for future generations? Yes, yeah, so it's a, a kind of reassessment of our values and our priorities. Absolutely. Yes. I think this whole financial crisis is in a major blessing in disguise. I think mm-hmm. it's a huge silver lining for people who were on this fast track that we were fed that fed us financially. But we had to be stopped. Goals. 
no. We had to be stopped. Yes. Yeah, we were petting. Yeah, I mean, it's just not tenable. Yeah, we ran fast all week, and then what did we do all weekend? We ran fast to de-stress from our week, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, no, it's, it's, I think it's, uh, sanity is, is rising. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's a, that's a good thing to, good, good note to maybe close on. Sanity is rising. Sanity is rising. I love that one. <laughs> the other bumper sticker I saw, too, is, I will not take part in the recession. Because, you know, nature is not having a recession. It's just yes. Uh, yes. And that's, I feel like I hear that so much, you know, in this economy, you know. And just it's a whole mindset. And, you know, you, you create what you focus on. And so Absolutely. it's like you're, we're, the mind is a myth-making, you know, organism. You know, it's yeah. always telling stories. And so, and so you just have to realize that about your mind, how your mind is always making up stories about whatever is happening, you know, rather than just seeing what is happening. What is. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, I think it's, a, it's good that sanity is rising. So, I agree. Yeah, and le- learning from nature and watching nature is a great way yeah, to do that. Yeah, she's a wonderful teacher. Yeah. She is. Never makes a mistake. Ne- never makes a mistake. I've never thought about that. I guess, you know, I mean, how could she? No. I mean, it just seems like it wouldn't be possible, so. No. That, that vibration is just what it is. It is what, it's yes, forever. It, yes, exactly. And it's always evolving and perfecting itself and taking feedback. And, I mean, it, it is quite amazing, uh, nature. So, Well, everyone, please be sure to check out Chris's live call-in radio show, Green Made Easy, on HayHouseRadio.com. To learn more about Chris and going Green Made Easy, please visit his website, NewLeafAmerica.com. That's NewLeafAmerica.com. Have a beautiful day, everyone. A warm mahalo. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks again, Chris. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure, KG. And I wanted to put out one thing to the listeners. We have an affiliate program on New Leaf America, so if anyone wants to be a part of the movement in their own way with their families and friends, they can join up and they receive, you know, a percentage back from anyone that they send to our, our way, so it's a really great way to start the path as well. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful. And you have support and community in it. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, thanks again. My pleasure. Enjoy the day. <laughs>